Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Right. Good morning. How are we doing? Doing all right? Hopefully doing really well and had a good week. Um, for those that I haven't met, my name is Matt, and uh, I want to give you a very brief, uh, just building update at, from periodically here, time to time here, that I want to tell you about what's going on with the new facility that we purchased. For those who don't know, we bought a building um, in June, and we're in the process of doing the outside upfitting first. And then we will be doing the inside upfitting second. And so the outside, if you've driven by there at all, you'll see changes taking place from week to week. There's getting some paint going on there right now. Uh, we've placed lights and a lot of good things are happening on there um, and at that place just day by day, really. And then we have an upcoming work day. So I want to just make you aware of it. If you wanted to be a part of helping us physically, with the building, we have some work to do on the outside. We want to take down some of the, uh, the buildup of the mulch and the dirt over the years on all the islands where the trees are, flatten that out, put new mulch on, uh, and then we need to trim some trees. We need to clean the parking lot. We need to cut up some trees as well. We have a little bit of demo work to do. So a lot of things like that that everybody could be a part of. You can bring brooms, uh, pressure washer, you know, wheelbarrow, rakes, that kind of stuff would be great. We have a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center, and the next workday is August 21st. So that's a Saturday. We'll probably start about 8 a.m. We'll gather, pray together, and then uh, do some work out there. So if you can make it, it would be great. I'd love to have about 50 or so people out there and knock it out. The last two workdays, we had about half that, and then um, we worked long days. So we'd like to, to make it a little bit shorter on the workday and have more folks, and hopefully we can really knock out all these things. So that's what's going on there, but really excited about what the Lord's doing there. We continue to have interest, a lot of interest in people wanting to rent, and um, the place is starting to fill up, and just really, really good stuff going on over there. So, all right. Well, I want to talk for a little bit here this morning. Um, I'm just so grateful and thankful for you for the people that God has put in our lives personally, that we get to know you, that you are here. Uh, it's really a privilege, I feel it, a privilege to, to be a part of your lives and to, that you are a part of Awake. So glad the Lord brought you this way, whether it's for a short time or a long time. I'm, I'm really thankful God has sent amazing people to this place. I, I, I talk about it often with so many other people. We have, you guys are just amazing people and uh, really grateful that we get to grow together, worship together, experience the presence of the Lord together. And we have a lot yet to experience of the Lord, you know, together. And I know that God's desire, certainly it's mine as well, but primarily it's God's desire, is that every person, every believer would be fully mature in him because he has plans for us. He has things for us to do. He's got ways for us to live. He has it in his mind what we're supposed to look like. And part of a local fellowship, I believe, is growing together 
growing in God together, enjoying him together. It's, uh, you know, as I was, I was the last couple nights, I had this thought, let me, now that we have all our kids home for the summer, or most of them home, and uh, then they leave here shortly for school again, I thought, I want to, let's reminisce a little bit. So I pulled out the computer, and I've got all pictures and by year. So I said, let's look at what happened in 2010. So we're going through all the pictures of 2010, we did 2011, 2012, uh, over two nights, and you know, you're laughing, and you're remembering all these things. And there were several pictures of you guys in there, by the way. And as I'm looking at these pictures, I was looking at there were some of the Greens and the Berets and the Harrises, the Johnsons. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we have lived a lot of life together. Uh, some of these were, you know, 11 years old. And uh, Elton was in there. And I, I just thought, man, we've, you know, particularly I'll say the guys look older, the ladies don't so much, they've stayed young looking, but us guys, we've changed quite a bit. And, and then I started thinking about how we've changed spiritually. You Chuck would just stand up here and he said, you know, the Holy Spirit started to change him entirely. And man, you know, when I think of our, my old friends here, they're all scattered around, we've all changed a lot, not just on the outside, but we've changed inside. You know, the Holy Spirit's done amazing things. I mean, you guys are much more like Jesus than you were when I first met you, and so am I, right? That's part of the whole goal, is that we look more and more like Jesus until he returns. And then it says, when we see him, we'll be just like him, when we see him face to face. And so he is in the process of changing you, and I like change. I don't wanna stay the way that I was, I don't want to stay the way that I am. I want to look more like him, think more like him, behave more like him, have his kind of fruit, right? If you want to stay the same, you can, but you don't have to. The Holy Spirit is the change agent. Just as Chuck said, he will change us as we allow him and make something of us more beautiful than we could have imagined and then free us day by day, from glory to glory, freeing us so that we, we are not bound by anything and our mindsets are different. I wanna talk a little bit about some mindset type of stuff, some of our inner life today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. It's the God of peace that sanctifies. I love that he put those together entirely sanctified, and may your spirit and soul and body, all three, be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus. That day when he returns, the Lord's desire is that you and I, our body, our soul, our spirit, our mind, would be preserved complete in him, fully mature in Christ. When he comes, there's no shame. When he comes, he's been working on me all this time and then he just finishes it off when I get to see him. And then we're ruling and reigning with him, all the other things he has planned for us. This is the, the testing grounds. This is the growing grounds. It says, without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus, faithful is he who calls you and he also will bring it to pass. God does this work as we allow him to. 
I've noticed this amazing thing about God, and it's a good thing I'm not God because I wouldn't do it this way. He does everything by invitation, and he does things as we allow him to in our lives. He does not force change on you. He does not make you into his image simply because he wants you to be that. He wants to make you into his image as you and I yield to him, as we allow him, as we submit to him, as we let go, as we want that. But if we don't want that, you can just stay the same. You just stay the same your whole life. It's the, that's a lousy way to live. But he, if we will allow him, he will do what, beyond what we can ask or think. He will uproot, he will adjust, he will shift. He will do what we can't do, and I'm so thankful for that. Ephesians 4.13 says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, and that's man and woman, that's mankind, mature mankind, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. He wants us looking good. In every way, he wants us looking and shining. We're here to shine. We're here to be really much more like Jesus than people have ever been. We're called for that. He's prepared the way for that so that we can shine and be like him. And I'm so grateful for change. And I'm fully convinced of several things in my life. Having lived these years that I have, I'm fully fully convinced that God exists. I have no doubt, zero. I'm convinced that he loves me and that he sent his son to the earth to die for me, for you, to redeem us from all sin. I'm, I know that he came to reveal the father as he's done. He paid the penalty for my sin and your sin. I'm fully convinced that by believing in him, and receiving him that I will live forever with him and that you will if you've done the same. And I'm also fully convinced that as I allow him, he will change and has changed and is changing my thoughts to be thoughts that are clear, heart that is pure, a mind that is steadfast, a spirit that's fully alive. He wants us full of joy. Jesus said at the end of John 15, when he's talking about abiding in him, he said, if you abide in me, right, and I in you, you'll produce a lot of fruit. You'll have all these benefits. And then he says, so that, here's the reason why, so that my joy would be in you. The goal, the desire of God is for his joy to be so full in you that you can hardly stand it. You're just joyful. Joy's pouring out of you. That's what Jesus said. His joy to be inside of us. It's what he wants. I'm also fully convinced that God is with me all the time. He's with you all the time. In every storm, every bit of difficulty, all hardship, all great times, he doesn't leave. Jesus said it, I believe it. He said, I'll never leave you, ever. I'm with you at all times, even to the end of the age. 
And then he said this, several things that Jesus said that led Paul to write this. And he said this in 2 Corinthians 5.17. He said that you are new creatures. We've been singing about it today. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. You are new creatures. By reminder, I just want to remind everyone, you are not an improved version of your old life. Isn't that great? Many, many people do not understand this. There are millions of Christians who are living in such a way that they've added Jesus to their life to make them better, and they're now applying maybe some good moral living, things that are good, but they don't see that he didn't come to make us better. Only he came to radically change us into something entirely different. You're a new creature, not an improved version of who you used to be. You're completely different. You are a child of God, born again, born anew. Jesus said that to Nicodemus. You gotta be born again. The Spirit does this. The Spirit does this, causes us to be recreated into something completely new that didn't exist before. That's God's desire for all of us. And so it's who you are, it's who I am. He lives inside of us. The Spirit of God lives inside. He resides there. He doesn't leave. When I'm asleep, when I'm asleep at night, he doesn't depart. When I wake up in the morning, it's not as though he's not there. He's there regardless of what I feel, how I feel, how tired I am. Doesn't matter. The Spirit of God is still here. I'm still the child of God. I need to remember that. I have to remind myself of this. This is I'm reminding you of who you are. You have the supernatural spirit of God that lives inside of you. We're called to live a supernatural life. Not just figuring everything out, but living by faith and living supernaturally. Have you ever grown a garden? I should say that differently because no one has grown anything in a garden. Have you ever planted a garden? I have, we have, my wife and I, we've planted several. <clears throat> We're not consistent. Some years we do it and some years we don't. Some years that we do plant a garden, sometimes we are not diligent in weeding as well. And then you can look out there and it's awful. You got weeds that are taken over. And so some years we just don't even grow anything. We just leave it. Got a tickle in my throat, sorry. When we do grow stuff, well, we don't grow it. When we do plant good seeds and God grows those things, which he does, you're sleeping. All you do is prepare some soil. You put the seed in, thank you. You put the seed in, then you water it consistently. And then God does this growing that you have nothing to do with really beyond those small things. At night and in the day, he sends the sun. He provides the air. He provided the soil. And he grows things. It's actually pretty miraculous. I think we often overlook some of the more miraculous things in life. And that's one of them. 
Children are another one. They're just absolute mirac- a miracle. It's miraculous that they are there and what they're made up of. I think of that with anything that grows. It's incredible to me. The fruit that comes out, and then you eat the tomatoes and the cucumbers and the lettuce, and you think, I did this. No, you didn't. But you were a part of this, and there's something that just feels so good about it. I did this in my yard or in my garden. And God did, he did these things. It's pretty amazing. And just as there is a natural garden, there's a spiritual garden. There's the garden of what I'm going to call the garden of thoughts. There's the garden of thoughts that each of us have, where things are grown. There's seeds that land in the soil of your mind that are grown. Sometimes God grows them, sometimes the enemy grows them, depending on what the seed is. Just like those weeds in my natural garden, I did not intend for them to get there. I hate weeds. And yet, guess what? They're there. I can do whatever I do to try and keep those weeds away. They're going to grow out in this parking lot, in the pavement. <laughs> right? Little tiny cracks, minuscule cracks. There's weeds. I just recently, we sprayed. The weeds out here, it's like, I, I, I'm so good at growing weeds. <laughs> I can grow them like crazy, right? In our, wherever. It's kind of like, okay, this is a side note. It's kind of like, for anybody over 50, one of the best gifts for them is like a nose hair trimmer. It's ridiculous. (laughs) They grow crazy after 50. It's like, what is going on here? I I don't want these. Yet, I have to deal with it. Eyebrows are the same. This this morning before I came here, I'm just going crazy. What, I don't understand this stuff. I don't want it, yet it's there. I got to deal with it. It's like a garden. You got weeds. They just grow. They just arrive. They are just there. And you don't know when those seeds have landed immediately. But once you start watching those things, then you have to go deal with them, right? You deal. In fact, if you see a gardener, they got their gloves on, their sun hat, they're actually a warrior. They're out there to do some business, They're dealing with the stuff that's not supposed to be there. And they're going to go to the root. And then they grab the root and they're going to pull carefully so they get all the roots out. So that weed is done so that the good stuff will grow. And it's the same in our minds. There are seeds, weed seeds, that land all the time. Yet, the gardener, you're the gatekeeper. We're the gatekeeper of what's going on up here. And we can't just let everything grow. We can't just allow everything to land. And if you see it starting to grow, we have to actually be warriors in dealing with thoughts that are not supposed to be there. And if we're not, it's going to wreak havoc in your life. It's going to wreak havoc in my life. It has at times. You can't just... Uh, you know, just let them all grow and, you know, it's going to be okay. No. Same with your guard. You don't just let, let that happen. It's going to take over and the good stuff's going to die. And in my mind and in your mind, we have to be, a uh, couple of words, aggressive and ruthless. Yes, we're called to be lovers. Love people, love God, worship, 
Be kind, gentle, tenderhearted, gracious, patient, forgiving. All those, right? Yes. And we're called to be ruthless and aggressive and not dealing with crud at the same time. We're called to both of those lives. And if we just are just kind to and tolerate thoughts that should not be there, we will have a garden that's a mess up here. And what grows in us will, be the, will not be the fruit that we desire or God desires. Here's a scripture that goes along with what I just said. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. We are, listen to the language here, we are destroying speculations, destroying. People say this, I, I see things on um, social media, this guy destroyed her in what he said. I don't like that stuff. We're not supposed to be destroying people. But here's what we are supposed to be destroying. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought, we're destroying speculations, obliterating them. I mean, being ruthless with stuff, not just letting it be there. I mean, it would be ridiculous if I um, left my front door wide open at home all the time because I'm kind and gentle and loving of every person, and I'm sure everyone has great intentions. And the critters, you just come into my home. You just enjoy, everything is great. No, I keep the door closed. There's only certain people that I allow in, and there's only certain creatures that can come in as well. Right? In your mind, we need to be very guarded with what's going on in here. Dealing ruthlessly with thoughts that are not supposed to be there. Just because someone else doesn't know what you're thinking doesn't mean it's okay to be thinking that. Right? I was, I was watching, you guys watch The Chosen? Really been enjoying it. If you haven't, I can recommend it, highly. They're in season two, they just finished, I think. And um, as I was watching this, one of the thoughts I had as I'm watching it is that Jesus knows the thoughts of everybody. He knows what's in their minds. Father knows our thoughts. He knows everything that's going on in our mind right now. And he's not exposing them most of the time. He will say to the Pharisees some of those things. Here's what you're thinking. But most of the time, he's, he's not exposing them. But then I thought, what about Jesus' thoughts? What if all the disciples knew what he was thinking? Guess what? That would be perfectly fine because all of his thoughts are pure. All of his thoughts are clean. All of his thoughts are righteous. All of his thoughts are for other people. All of his thoughts are bathed in love. All of his thoughts are holy. So it's completely fine if they were to see his thoughts. How about you and I? Think for a moment. What if, it's scary to imagine, but think about this for a moment. If every thought that you and I had were projected on the walls like that, you look at a person and the thoughts you have about that person, whoosh, yikes. But there shouldn't be any yikes in reality, right? If we are being changed into the image of Jesus, then his thought life is gonna become my thought life. 
not just my behavior being good, saying the right things, doing the right things, but the inner person, the inner person of you, the inner person of me should be bathed and cleansed and where we think the best thoughts about other people. I think one reason that we may not have as much power in our prayers is allowing the weeds of criticism about others to grow on the inside and other weeds that try to muddle the garden, try to snuff out the life. We need to be ruthless with thoughts, whether it's thoughts of criticism toward another person, because the Bible talks about that a lot. We are not to criticize. This The Holy Spirit convicts me of this often. You know, you, in two seconds, sometimes you get these, you look at someone, you've never met them before, and in two seconds, there's these thoughts of judgment and criticism about them. Why they do what they're doing, why they're living like the way they're living, why they're dressed the way they're dressed, whatever. We have to, what it says here, take those captive, arrest them. Arrest those thoughts. No, I'm not gonna be thinking about that. I'm gonna be thinking the best about this person. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, this is what love does. Love believes the best about every person. Now, that doesn't mean you trust every person. They're completely different. Trusting and believing the best, particularly about believers, it's different than trusting every person. Trust is earned, but believing the best is called love. And so when I meet someone, instead of this criticism of this is why they're saying the, way, the things that they're saying and why they're acting the way they're acting, there should be different thoughts. I wonder what God's plan is for their life. I wonder what kind of purpose God has someone. I wonder what kind of giftings are inside of them. I wonder what their journey is. I wonder how I can help. I wonder what words I could say of encouragement to build them up. Those type of thoughts, those are Jesus type thoughts, not criticism. Now, you and I, here we are in this world. We're not supposed to be of the world, but in the world, we are in a, an age and an area that is so critical. Is that true? Judgment flying around all over the place, accusation flying around all over the place, comparing uh, sinful stuff, all that kind of stuff. And here we are implanted into this. We didn't choose to be born. God chose it. He knew. And then he's given us his spirit though to change us so we are not like the world, but we have this renewed mind, the mind of Christ that says, one of the gifts to you and I is the mind of Jesus to think the kind of thoughts that he thinks, if we want it. So that even though the world's gonna be critical all around us, they're gonna be negative, they're gonna be against things, they're gonna believe the worst, we don't have to be that way because I'm a supernatural creature. I am a child of God. His spirit lives on the inside of me and I've asked for the mind of Jesus. It's a promise of his and he will give it. So we can live differently. We can live completely differently in this age and we're, we've got to. We've got to be those warriors that are ruthless. You know, the, the sin that happens in our lives usually happens over time and it usually happens and begins with a thought. One of those weed seeds lands in there. If you give it a place, if you tolerate it, just tolerate it. Think about it every once in a while. Maybe think about it some more. If you allow that to 
to be there, it's gonna send down roots. Then it's gonna start growing. And then the next thing you know, you find yourself far away from what you intended or ever said you would ever be. I mean, um, adulterous affairs happen this way. People who leave God and leave church, leave fellowship happens this way. This thought arrived. It just, it just landed, you know. What if the Bible isn't literal or true? What if God isn't what you've been told all these years and he's, he's not that good? Just, if you just let that thought just lay there, someone else is gonna add some water to that. That thing's gonna send down roots. Next thing you know, and this, I mean, it breaks my heart. Some people that I know, several, some are close friends or some are distant friends. Some that I know from a distance, no longer following the Lord, no longer believing in the Bible, no longer believing in fellowship, actually teaching other people how to leave church and leave God. One of our friends, used to be a youth pastor, now he's doing podcasts to show people how to leave the church and leave God. Why? Some of those seeds were wafting in the wind, landed in here, became a thought, and was tolerated. You and I cannot afford to tolerate things that are against the knowledge of God. That's what that scripture says. Do not tolerate it. Don't just be mamby-pamby with certain things. Some things I am going to get violent against, not physically, spiritually in this way. I'm not gonna allow those thoughts in my mind. If it's thoughts of lust, if it's thoughts of another woman that will come and they come, they land in my mind. Once you just think about it, I'm telling you what, I get ruthless with them. I have to, you have to. You say, no, I will not, I'm not gonna think about that. I'm not tolerating that thought. I'm not allowing that to grow. I'm not gonna give it consideration. Because when you give something consideration, that's what Eve did with, with the devil when he spoke. She just allowed that thought to, to land. Maybe God doesn't have my best in his heart. And as that thought landed, gave it consideration, what you're doing is you're giving it a place in your soil, giving it a place in your mind. And then he starts sending down roots. And next thing you know, now God isn't good. I've got to take things into my own hands. Adam, come here, let's, let's eat this fruit. And that's how it goes. You and I have to be warriors. We're lovers and we're warriors. King David was a warrior. He was a worshiper. He was a lover of God. He was a king, but he was a warrior too. Now you and I have to be spiritually. We cannot tolerate thoughts that are against the knowledge of God, that are against our marriage, that are against life. We gotta deal with them straight on. Philippians 4, verse eight. This is in the Passion Translation. Keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. You read the Bible and you read about Jesus's life, and what you find is he's constantly talking about the kingdom of heaven. I talk about it a lot here, because it's what Jesus talked about everywhere he went, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Here's a parable of what it's like. Here's another parable of what it's like. Here's yet another parable of what it's like. Talking about the kingdom. Go share the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's near, it's close by. 
Those type of thoughts, when you start thinking about the kingdom, start thinking about what God has in mind, all of a sudden those thoughts grow. God grows them. God causes them to produce fruit. And then they start to change us. We start to be changed. We start to think like he's thinking. We start thinking not just by what we see, but many of the things by what we don't see. We start being a spiritual son or daughter, following him, seeing him. That new creation constantly being changed. So here are a few things that we can do, just I would say practically. One is to set your mind on being a ruthless person. I know that doesn't sound very Christian-like, but it is. Absolutely being ruthless. I tell young men many times, listen, you're gonna be assaulted with all kind of thoughts. They're gonna be lust-filled and all those kind of things, pornography, all this stuff. You have to choose before then. You've gotta choose what you're gonna do and how you're gonna be and what you're gonna think about. Because if you're not sure in the moment, it's like an engaged couple. If you're not set in your mind that you're not gonna have sex before you get married, and you, and you get engaged, which is like being married without getting to have sex, there's gonna be problems. You're gonna do the very thing that you didn't plan on doing because you weren't set in your mind. This, I, here's the, I've got boundaries and here's what these boundaries are, regardless of how I feel. It's the same with pornography or anything else. You choose, I'm going to watch this or I'm not gonna watch this. If it's criticism towards other people, we need to begin to choose, I will think this way about a person and I won't think this way about a person. So anything that lands that's contrary to what I've said in my heart, I'm kicking it out. I'm the gardener. I get to choose. I get to choose what thoughts stay in here. I get to choose what's going to land and stay and be a part of my life. That's why the enemy's constantly sending all these images because he wants you thinking about his stuff. He wants, to, uh, he wants to mess up your garden. But we don't have to let him stay. We can kick them out. We can deal with those things. Says the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're spiritual. It's these type of things. This is where we fight. You love in the natural, you fight in the spiritual. And this is, this is our fight that we've, we've got to win. The enemy does, he, he wants God out of your heart. He wants God out of your garden. He doesn't want anything good to grow inside of you. So we've got to be diligent, diligent and set our hearts in the right way. Colossians 1 verse 10 says, we pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing you do. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. Yielding to his life. I found in my walk with God in my life that one of the most powerful things that I can do when I need help and when I want to change is to yield. You know, I have tried in moments of my life to gut things out and to try and fix myself. You ever try to fix yourself? I have not done well at that because I cannot. I didn't make myself. I can't fix myself. But the one who made me knows how to fix me. 
The one who caused me to become a new creation knows how to create new things in me. And by yielding to him, shoving things in the light, saying, God, would you rip that out? Deal with it. I remember uh, being confronted by something one time, one of my leaders, one of my spiritual leaders over me. He heard something that I said. He took me aside and said, Matt, that thing you said, what was that? That was horrible. Well, it was the first time anybody said anything like that to me. And I started thinking about it. I thought, that really was. I didn't know that was in me. I did not know that was in me, but I felt something was weird when I said it, but I wasn't sure what that weird was. Now I know. That's a bad thing, and I don't want it. So I went to the Lord, and I said, God, this has just been highlighted in my life. I don't want this, but I don't know how to change. So I shove this in the light. The Bible says, when you push things in the light, then the blood of Jesus can cleanse us from all unrighteousness, right? And the Spirit of God can free us. I push it in the light, and I say, God, I yield to you. I submit to you. This part of me, I don't want to keep and I want you to get it out of me. Would you rip it out in Jesus' name? Help me, Holy Spirit. And he did. I'm not saying those things anymore. I'm not living that way anymore. I'm not thinking that way anymore. I yielded to the Lord in that area. We can yield to him. And he is so, so gracious and kind to respond when we come to him. That's that story of the prodigal son. Soon as that boy turned his feet toward home, the father was waiting, waiting to help, waiting to love, waiting to heal, waiting to restore. But he waits for us. He waits for our feet to be pointed his direction. When something ugly comes up in us, if we turn toward him, oh my goodness, there he is. He'll help. He'll set us free. He'll deal with the ugly. He makes things beautiful. When I was a, I guess I was about 19, I've told you many times about my friend, Joe Williams. He was a, had been a minister for 40 years. He was retired. He was 87. Became my, my, really my best friend for two years from 18 to 20. I would go over there to his house and ask him questions. And he really mentored me. And um, one of the things he said to me, I won't forget, I was thinking about it as I was preparing for this. He said, Matt, he looked at me one day and he said, Matt, you know that you and I are called to live such a life that even your thoughts are prayers that are answered. Well, your thoughts are prayers that are answered. That, that that our minds are so sanctified, that our thoughts are so pure, clean, Christ-like, that they become the will of God that becomes answered prayers. And I, I, that stayed with me, obviously, and I want that for my life today. I want that for all of our lives. Every one of us, that the thoughts that are in our minds, if they were put up on the screen, we'd be okay with. Say, yeah, that's okay. This is who I am. I'm thinking the right kind of thoughts. So how about we allow the Lord to invade our minds and we allow him to change us where we're not thinking the way that we should be, where we're thinking of others in ways that we shouldn't be, where we're thinking of ourselves in ways that we shouldn't be. Allow him to rip those out and it changes. Would that be all right? So let's just open up to the Lord for a moment here. Lord, thank you that you not only show us things 
and lead us, but you help us. Holy Spirit, you're the helper that delivers us, that sets us free, that heals us, that changes us from who we were to who you want us to be. And Lord, I ask right now for all of us, as you are maturing us, as you're growing us, as you're helping us, that you would, as we now present to you the thoughts in our minds, every bit of criticism toward other people, toward ourselves, thoughts that are contrary to the knowledge of God, we not only take captive, but we arrest them and we bring them to you. And we ask, Lord, to remove those things from our heart, from our mind. And that, Jesus, we, we ask you for your mind that you said that we get. We ask for a transformed mind, transformed thoughts, thoughts that if they were broadcast would be great for anyone to read. I ask for that, Lord, for every single person in here as we present ourselves, as you said in Hebrews, a living and holy sacrifice, pleasing in your sight. We present our minds to you as a living and holy sacrifice. Lord, the, the thoughts that, are, that we've allowed to grow that are contrary to your purposes, your plan, your will, your word, we ask you to forgive us. Please forgive us. We see it, Lord, really in the category of sin. Lord, forgive us for every judgment, every criticism. Whether it's lustful thoughts, whether it's greedy thoughts, or even thoughts of poverty about ourselves. Lord, we present that to you, ask that you'd forgive us. And that you'd keep our garden clear and clean on the inside. Let our minds grow vegetables and fruit that would glorify you, that would be awesome, that people could eat that would be beneficial to them. Thank you, Lord, for your supernatural power, Holy Spirit, in our lives today to help us, to change us, that we're gonna look different tomorrow than we do today. We're gonna look different next week and next year than we do right now because of your active spirit who's moving and changing, and we respond even to what we're hearing today just to say, yes, God, I, don't, I, don't, I want to be different. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, re you respond to our response to you, to our yielding to you. Thank you for your power to do these amazing things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.